And now it's time for us to continue with our professional development programme, Heading for Headship. In this, our second programme for aspiring school leaders, Claire Savoy and Adam Hare are looking at behaviour in the world of primary education. Hello and welcome to Heading for Headship, a series that acts as the secret treasure map that will show you the way to the far off land that is your leadership destination. I'm your captain, Claire Savoy. And I'm your co-pilot, Adam Hare. Welcome aboard the HFH Headship. The sails are set, the compass is polished, and it's all hands on deck as we set sail on a new adventure. This week, we're looking at what many consider to be a school leader's most valuable bounty, behaviour. Five-year-old in mismatched sock detention. Zoo trips for bullies cause outrage. Parent fury as school expels every pupil. With headlines like these filling up every local paper from Stoke-on-Trent to Shrewsbury, it's no wonder that behaviour is something head teachers are desperate to get right. Get behaviour wrong and you've blown it with everyone, from the parents to governors or, if you're an academy, your executive board of corporate paymasters. You could also run the risk of being publicly shamed on social media or even face prosecution. Indeed, Adam. In fact, anyone heading for headship could be forgiven for feeling apprehensive about taking on the responsibility for the behaviour of not just a school, but an entire community. Later in the programme, we'll be talking to Ofsted's new chief strategist, Sarah Lee, about what she is doing to support leaders improve behaviour in their schools. But first, here is a special Ahead in Headship report from Jonathan Monckton, who has travelled to the northern town of Skipton to visit a school that is having a behavioural transformation. Thank you all for coming this evening. For those that may not have met me, I'm Mark Satchel, head teacher here at Littlefields Primary School, and I've called this meeting... You mean we've called this meeting? I've called this meeting in response to some parent requests so that we can talk about some of the recent changes in the school's good behaviour policy. I'm here at Littlefields Primary School in Skipton, where newly appointed head teacher Mark Satchel has just introduced a controversial new behaviour policy. Tonight, he is meeting with parents and carers who, according to the local press, are not impressed with his changes. It is also reported that a number of parent hate groups have appeared online, causing the school to implement a new social media and positive parent engagement policy, which has also angered the parent community. Before we start, I would like to remind everyone that no recording is permitted during this meeting. Any comments posted on social media will be in breach of our new acceptable use of social media policy. What about him? Uh, who? Him. Oh, uh, me. This is Jonathan Monckton. He... I'm not here. You bloody well are here. I can see you. No, I, I meant that I'm not here as you are. I'm just an observer. Is that recording device strapped to your waist just an observer too? Let me explain. This is Jonathan Monckton. He is a reporter, but he's here as an invited guest, and as per our visitors' policy, he has a media pass. Yes, about that. I'm afraid I couldn't get it to print. Why is he here? I never know if you're meant to print QR codes or download them. I try to get He's on my here head. looking at our new behaviour policy for a podcast series about successful head teachers. Uh, well, it's more about aspiring head teachers, actually. He don't have his pass, do he? 
So surely that means he can't be here. It's called heading for headship. I don't give a crow's crap what it's called, mate. Show us your pass. Uh, I think I have it on my iPad. Uh, Jonathan, I think it would help us to get started if you could get your pass. Yes, of, uh, of course. Jonathan? Yeah, I think my iPad's in my car. Right, well, I think we'd all be happier if you went and got it. Yeah, I'm not sure I remember where I parked. There were so many fields, I'm afraid I lost track. I'm here in Littlefield Primary School in Skipton, where the parents are disgruntled with a controversial new behaviour policy introduced by head teacher Mark Satchel. Mark Satchel is currently meeting with the disgruntled parent community about his controversial new behaviour policy. Now, I know that many parents have said online that the new policy is nothing but a zero-tolerance approach that... But I want to assure you that contrary to what many believe, it is an inclusive policy designed to support children so that they can better enjoy a broad and balanced curriculum. Broad and balanced? You turn the music suite into an isolation room? We do have a new focus room for any pupils who might be struggling and thereby disrupting the other children in their class who are trying to learn. I make no apology for that. My child forgot her homework and was put in isolation for a whole day, including lunchtime. And I heard a child coughed during a spelling test and was put in there for a week. The parents have Mark Satchel on the ropes. I can categorically say that the focus room is not used in that way. He's come back fighting. That said, it's not acceptable for staff to be subjected to rude or aggressive behaviour. Oh, come off it. How bad can primary school kids be? Another quick jab. They're not letting up on him, even for a second. Look, the fact is, the reality is that when I first arrived here, many of the children were regularly heard swearing, they were physically aggressive, and some were absconding from school altogether. They were only them kids in Mr David's class. <laughs> that seemed a little below the belt, but it's not stopping head teacher Mark Satchel. As has already been reported, Mr David no longer works at this school. I cannot comment on the reason for his dismissal. Maybe if you sorted more of the staff out, the kids wouldn't be so bad. It's not right, teachers manhandling kiddies into an isolation booth. Look, I'm sorry to say that during this period of transition, there may be times when adults need to use their positive handling training to escort children to the focus room if they are not following instructions. Hey, I'll positively handle anyone who touches my kids. Knockout. Uh, Jonathan, I really don't think you're helping. I'm not here. Oh, I'm afraid you're being quite disruptive. Put him in isolation, boo! Yes, I'm not very good in small spaces. Can we please keep on track? You said you wanted to know about the new behaviour policy and I'm trying to explain it, but please, no more interruptions. Sorry, I uh, won't say another word. Thank you. I'll add my commentary in the end. Shh. Sorry. Well, go on then, Mr Satchel. Right. I won't apologise for having high expectations. And I believe that all children are capable of reaching the school's expectations for behaviour. All children at Littlefields are given appropriate support for their behaviour. We have 20 clear rules for learning in the classroom. 14 for the corridors and 106 for the playground. 
These help provide boundaries and structure. We also have a merit system that promotes and celebrates positive behaviour. And with our demerit system helping children to see when they've made a mistake as their earned merits disappear off the class board, we are allowing the children to see an immediate consequence of their behaviour. Isn't that a bit demotivating for them? Uh, not at all. Children enjoy a bit of healthy competition. What? To see whose merits disappear the quickest? Can't be that hard with all those bloody rules. All they've got to do is walk down the corridor. We have a series of escalating behaviour trackers for those children who require additional support and this helps us to see which times of the school day they struggle with so we can put in place a pre-emptive removal. A what? It means getting rid of smell before farts. By putting in place a pre-emptive removal, we are insulating the child from any self-inflicted conflict that is likely to have occurred had we not taken action. These children are placed in a focus room where they are kept safe. So this focus room is full of kids who haven't yet broken a rule? Well, apart from the other children who may also be there because they willingly failed to comply with one of our rules. One of your 140 rules. But we carefully monitor these children and they are supervised in the focus room by a member of staff. This member of staff will use our school strategy of repetitive literary devices. What? It means making them write lines. Oh. Repetitive literary devices that enable children to better regulate themselves so that they no longer pose a risk to themselves, others or to learning. Now, if a child were to spend more than three days in the focus room, then we would always seek to engage with the parents and explore alternative learning environments. You mean exclude them? That, that is always a last resort. Clearly not. You expelled 20 children by the end of your first week. That was under the old behaviour policy and that is exactly why we've introduced this new behaviour policy. I want to help these children. So, sorry, what are these new learning environments that you all explore with parents if kids been in isolation for too long? Many of them exist off-site in learning environments linked to little fields. In what way? Pardon? In what way are these off-site learning environments linked to little fields? Uh. They're linked geographically, by the children's ages, and by building purpose. You just mean other schools, don't you? If a child cannot manage at Littlefields, then a fresh start may be the best option. If parents work with us, then we can carry out this process with no need to permanently exclude, which is in the best interest of the child. Um, sorry, I, I know I'm not here, but aren't you talking about off-rolling? Off-rolling isn't a dirty word, Jonathan. That's lucky. Otherwise we'd send you to a focus room to benefit from some repetitive literary devices. Ah, <laughs> uh, any questions? With a flurry of questions, many of which contained words and ideas that Littlefield's primary school HR department deemed inappropriate for public broadcast, Mark Satchel ended his talk triumphantly. He told me the following day by email. He also invited me in to see the focus room in action, an element of his new behaviour policy which, according to his email and HR department, is becoming less controversial by the hour. And we'll return to Jonathan's report a little later in the programme. Adam. Thanks, Claire. I'm joined by one of Ofsted's chief strategists, Sarah Lee. But before we tuck into a chocolatey slice of Sarah Lee's Ofsted strategy gatto, Sarah, we heard in Jonathan's report a headteacher defending off-rolling. 
This has become a hot topic recently. What's Ofsted's position on it? Oh, well, at Ofsted, we've always known that every school has its challenging pupils and good and outstanding schools support all learners. So, to be clear, Ofsted frown upon off rolling. Well, you're putting words in my mouth there, Adam. We always recognise that every school is unique and effective leaders sometimes have to make difficult decisions when improving their schools. So, you might like it. If you mean that this particular issue is not simply black and white, then yes. Ofsted, look at the evidence presented to us in each inspection. What evidence would you use? That answer is potentially very complicated. But there is an answer? Uh, yes. Great. Glad you cleared that up. Sarah, you're here to talk about Ofsted's new initiative for inspecting behaviour in schools. Yes, I am. We've been trialling, over a number of months, new pre-inspection technologies that help provide inspectors with valuable information about the day-to-day behaviour of schools. Now, you're talking about drone technology here, aren't you, Sarah? Yes, it's HMI in the sky. Ha! We felt it was important for inspectors to gain a greater insight into what the behaviour of a school was like before setting foot inside. When a school's inspection window opens, we schedule a series of flight cycles over the school site. These capture the day-to-day behaviour of the school before and after the school day and during lunch times. This information helps inform the inspector's preconceived judgment on behaviour before they arrive. Now, there are already sources of information available to inspectors prior to inspection, though, aren't there? I'm thinking uh, parent view, exclusion data, plus any written concerns raised by parents. How is this different? Oh, I think this is very different. Uh, different how? Well, let's see here. There is a danger, with all of the evidence you've just listed, that it can be skewed. Parent voice is important, but let's be honest, it is possible for parents with a particular grievance to overshadow an inspection. Our drones are not biased, they have no agenda, they simply record the day-to-day reality of what's going on. Is this a very expensive new addition to the Ofsted inspection process, or, or is it in fact saving you money? This is part of our ongoing efficiency drive within the inspectorate. We are already using machine learning algorithms that help us predict what a school's inspection outcome may be prior to inspection. Our drones enable the inspectors to see far more of the children's behaviour outside of the classroom than they ever would be able to see during an inspection. And, as you asked, we think it does have the potential to lower the cost of the Ofsted process as it will reduce the number of inspectors needed during an inspection. Reduce the number of inspectors? Yes. The potential for drone technology is immense. We are looking at prototypes where the drones can go into schools, meaning the entire inspection could be done remotely, if the school is outstanding or good. (laughs) Obviously, RI schools and schools in special measures will still need a traditional inspection with a human inspector. (laughs) You mean inspectors are human beings? Yes, Adam. Contrary to popular belief. Ha! Now, on a serious note, and excuse me for droning on, there must be some data protection ramifications. What are they? Well, all the data collected by the drones is stored on our encrypted drive. 
Under new legislation, we do not need specific permission to record children and staff during the drone's flight cycle. However, after this is completed, we are obliged to gain agreement from all recorded persons that they are happy for the image to be used during the inspection. If this is not granted, then we have the technology to remove them from the data at a cost to the school. I'm sure that's put everyone's mind at rest. Now, aside from the Ofsted process, how might this new use of drone technology support our listeners who are themselves heading for headship? We are hopeful that once the trials are over, schools will be able to request their footage and use it. Use it? For their own school's development. If schools want to become outstanding, then their pupils need to be self-regulating in the playground without staff interaction. Independence, good. Schools will be able to analyse their drone footage. Data analysis, very apt. Yes, analyse their drone footage to see if the behaviour in their school is at a standard where they can start to cut supervision staffing at lunchtime. Staff cuts, magic. Hmm. This will really help your aspiring leaders manage their school budgets and is a great example of how Ofsted is working, working in, in partnerships with, with schools. schools. That all sounds marvellous. Now, talking of the trials, I couldn't let you go without asking for your reaction to those images that made their way to the national press. It was quite extraordinary how those children managed to coordinate themselves on the playground in order to convey some pretty strong messages to the overhead Ofsted drone. Oh, I know. I don't know how long they'd been lying there in formation, but the delightful human haiku that those children from a school in Chichester, I think it was, is still up on my office wall. Ah, I, I was thinking more of that graphic display of expletives from the primary school in Luton. I mean, the way they managed to make so many profanities in such a short amount of time was quite something. Well, put it this way, Adam. It wasn't just their non-verbal communication skills that were judged to be inadequate. Lovely. Sarah Lee, thank you very much. And now we return to Jonathan Monkton, reporting from Littlefields Primary School in Skipton. I'm back in Littlefields Primary School in Skipton. Following his meeting with parents, Head teacher Mark Satchel has asked me to visit to experience firsthand one of the more controversial aspects of his decreasingly controversial behaviour management strategy, the focus room. Let's go inside. So, this is the... Excuse me. Sorry, yes? If you want to come in, you knock first. Ah, hello. I'm Jonathan... It's rule 34. I will knock on a door and wait to be invited in. Yes, sorry, that's important, isn't it? Um, I, I will remember next time. You'll remember it now when you go outside, close the door and knock. I'm not really here. No, because you didn't knock. Right, so maybe I should... You'd like me to... Uh, I'll, I'll go outside and, and I'll try again. Come in. Good morning, sir. Hello, I'm Jonathan Monkton. Sorry, sir, have you visited our focus room before? Um, no, not unless you count earlier when I came in before knocking. That's a no, then, is it? Uh, yes. Right, well, you'll have to read the focus room visitor's information sheet before you do anything else. Oh, uh, okay, um, thank you. Um, remember to stay calm. No mobile phones at any time. No hot drinks. No cold drinks. No food. Make sure there's a member of staff with you at all times. In the event of no member of staff being with you, do not leave the children unattended. In the event of a fire, follow staff members' instructions. 
in the event of no member of staff being with you during a fire, escort children to the evacuation point. If unaware of the evacuation point, under no circumstances listen to children's suggestions of where to congregate. And whatever you do, stay calm. Uh, are you finished? Yeah, I, I think so. Good. Now, are you dropping off or collecting? Oh, uh, neither. I've been asked to visit the focus room You've been for... sent here. What have you done? No, no, I haven't done anything. If you've been sent here, you'll need to sign our focus room code of conduct before anything else. No, you're not listening to me. Oh, I am, sir. That's rule 72. Listen and find out what strangers want before reporting them. Look, I've been invited here to find out what goes on in the focus room for Heading for Headship, a new series with the aspiring school leader in mind. Right, well, I wish you'd said so earlier, sir. After all, rule number 37 is express ourselves clearly to others. Right. So, is it possible to talk to some of the children? Oh, the children can't talk in here, sir. This is the focus room. Oh. Hang on, sir. Yes? You'll need to sign out. Oh. After experiencing the quiet rigour of the focus room, I was asked to leave Littlefields, as Mr Satchel was keen to get back to the important business of running his school without me being there. As I walked through the corridors, I was struck by the silence that echoed around the school like noises that no longer made a sound. My final memory was the silence of the school being interrupted, not by naughty children, but by the ongoing refurbishment of the ICT suite and art hub that are now being transformed into another focus room and an all-new re-focus room. It would seem, to this humble observer, that despite all of the criticism, Mr Satchel's unique approach to behaviour is at the very least making a difference, and that's why he's ahead in headship. Jonathan Monckton with his Ahead in Headship report. Now, each episode we aim to provide you with a leadership masterclass, and this episode is no exception. Joining me in the studio right now and ready to respond to all your questions is head teacher Barry Risler. Hi, Claire. What would you like me to call you? I know that you certainly won't want to be called Mr. Risler. Ha, no way, Claire, no way. Mr. Risler's my dad. No, you can call me anything but that. Barry, Baz, Basils, Riz, Baz, Rizzle Kicks, anything you like. I'm cool. I don't respond to names, I respond to faces, smiles, eyes, hearts. I think I'll choose Barry. Cool. Now, your meteoric rise in education began when you took over a deprived and underperforming school in Wales. You went in and turned it around in three years. Well, I'd, I'd probably say that we got it where we wanted in about five years, if I'm honest. And you did that, you claim, by transforming people's behaviour. I like to think we transformed the school by transforming the community. You know, when I first walked into the school, honest to God, Claire, the school was in chaos, utter chaos. There was no direction, no care, no love. And the funny thing was, people thought that I was going to go in and start piling on all the rules. Well, first thing I did was call an assembly and in front of everyone, tore up the existing list of rules and said, we have one rule now, love, love and respect. It took time, Rizzler's rabble they used to call us, but we got there, Claire, we all did, with smiles on our faces and understanding in our hearts and fire in our bellies. And although you're no longer a full-time head teacher, as you now work across Wales supporting schools on their own journey, you still have close ties with the school. They'll never be rid of me, Claire. And I bet they're glad of that. 
Now, are you ready to hear some of our callers' questions? I was born ready, Claire. Bring it on. First up, we have John on the line. Hi, uh, I'm the deputy head. Uh, look at it at some point to go into headship. Good man. Thanks. Uh, the one thing we always struggle with is parents who say they teach their children that if anyone hits them, they're to hit them back. Oh, I know exactly what you mean, John. When parents, and let's be honest, John, it's normally the dads, isn't it? <laughs> What works with these dads, John, is what works with everyone else. Love. Love and respect. I tell them that I love them. I wrap them in my arms, honest to God, and I tell them again and again that I love and respect them. I keep telling them until they believe it. It's not magic, but it works. Once, a dad even hit me when I was telling him how much I loved him, but I had it recorded, see? I told him, I'll send that to the police unless you tell your boy to stop hitting people. That kid never hit anyone ever again. Love and respect, John. Love and respect. Thanks. I'll try that. Peace be with you, brother. Next, we have Amira, who I think is an assistant head teacher in London. Is that right, Amira? Yes, that's right, Claire. And what's your question for Barry? I'd like to know how to stop children from swearing in schools. In my school, we can't seem to crack this, no matter how many things we throw at it. Can I ask you a question, Amira? Sure. Have you tried swearing? Pardon? <laughs> I'm not joking. I was in a school where the air was practically blue, so I decided, well, if you can't beat them, join them. So one assembly, I introduced a whole new profanity vocabulary set that the children had to use. It took a while for the staff to get used to it, mind. Being told by a kid that the answer to 11 times 4 is 44. But it took the cool out of swearing. After a fortnight, the kids just stopped swearing altogether. They were bored of it. It took longer for the staff to stop swearing. I hadn't counted on that, to be perfectly honest with you. But as far as the kids, sorted. Wow. Well, that's something I've never thought of. Yes, I would make sure you check with your chair of governors before making a decision like that. But it's certainly an innovative idea. Our last caller is Harry from Bristol. All right. I'm a parent and I hate detention. Do you have a question for Barry? Yeah. Does he hate detention? Barry? Do you hate detentions? Harry, let me ask you a question. Did you have detentions as a kid? Yeah, loads. And that's the problem. So many behaviour issues are wrapped up in the parents' memories of schools. In my school, I made detentions compulsory. Everyone had detentions after school every day. What impact did that have on whole school behaviour? It was monumental. See, we made detentions great fun. The kids loved going to detention, and we made it so that if you misbehaved, you didn't have to go to detention, you had to go home. The kids and parents hated it if that happened. What do you think of that, Harry? Ah, stupid. Ha! Never mind, Harry. I still love you, ma'am. Well, we don't always expect everyone to agree with our guests. Well, it would be a dull and tedious world if they did. But I would like to thank all of our callers, and of course, Barry, for joining us. If you're interested in Barry's take on school behaviour, you can find his book, Love and Respect in Schools, available in all good bookshops and online. Barry will also be answering more of your questions on our live feed after the show. But for now, Barry Risler, thank you for your masterclass. Claire, it was an absolute pleasure. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Heading for Headship. Thank you to all of our guests, Ofsted Chief Strategist Sarah Lee and Head Teacher Barry Risler, as well as Mark Satchel from Littlefield Primary School. We've just time to read out some of your tweets. At Welsh Dragon tweets love and respect to Welsh rarebit Basil Razzle. At Sofa Surfer tweets 
Ofsted drones, pie-in-the-sky lunacy. What next? Undercover pupil spy bots? Pathetic. At Sergeant Smithers tweets to say, Focus rooms, bloody good idea, sir. We need more of them. At Sweet Child of Mine tweets to say, Surely 140 rules is too many. Hashtag Satchel. At Goodbody tweets, Detentions are mini prisons. For mini criminals, carry on. And at Nick Gibb tweets, Zero toleration for the nation. And finally, we can just squeeze in the edgy weather. It looks like rain, so head teachers get ready to be asked if it's wet play by a multitude of staff and children. Join us next time when we will be sailing from the island of behaviour to the land of teaching and learning. Jonathan Monckton will be dropping anchor at a school that has an innovative approach to teaching and learning and will be joined in the studio by a panel of experts who will be discussing the impact of regional accents in teaching. I'm Claire Savoy. And I'm Adam Hare. And you are Heading for Headship. That was Heading for Headship, a brain production for nobody in particular. The script was written and performed by Tim Browse and Ellie Sweeney. Continue Heading for Headship at headingforheadship.com.